I used to sit at my grandparents' dinner table, and my grandfather was a, a great storyteller, and he was a, a farmer rancher, and so he had all kinds of fun stories about falling off horses and cactus and poison ivy and stuff like that. And, and I loved hearing his stories. And, uh, but of course, had some cousins and some aunts and uncles that heard these stories repeatedly and not as often, uh, and quite often, not as often as I did. And so uh, he'd start telling stories that we had mostly all heard before. And, and I, I'd, I'd catch out of the corner of my eye, I'd see an aunt or uncle or a cousin roll their eyes because of a story they heard. But me, I, I love to hear a great story. So it doesn't matter if I've heard it before. So today, um, I'm going to share a story with you that you probably heard before. It's, it's from John 13. It's a passage of scripture that, that talks about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Now, this is even a message that I've shared before. So now some of you might want to roll your eyes. I just want to tell you, do it while I'm not looking, okay? And, uh, but I think you're going you're gonna to enjoy this message. And I think there's something here that's very practical. There's something... Uh, that you can know, and there's something that you can do once you hear this message, and something really that, that after you know this, you can do something about it right after this gathering ends. You see, because there's even dirty feet right around us here in this place. So now this passage that I want to read from in John 13 is, is a little different than some of the passages that you may have read about Jesus, because a lot of times the passage of Scripture tells about what Jesus does or tells about what he says. But this passage of Scripture actually talks about what Jesus is thinking. And so take, take a look at this and listen to, to the things that Jesus knows or he's thinking. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that their time had come, his time for him had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus knew. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father, Jesus knew, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm, I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that, hold on a second here. Does anyone here call Jesus uh, teacher? Call him your, your teacher? Would you consider him your teacher? It's okay to raise your hand. This is a participatory, participatory question. All right, some of you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, uh, there's that word disciple, and there's disciples in the Bible. You know what disciple means? It means learner. And so who are they learning from? The teacher, Jesus. Now, does anybody here call Jesus Lord? Anybody call him that? <clears throat> All right, good. There's a good group of you that call him Lord. That's great. Uh, and you know what? That, and Jesus says, if you call him that, you're right. You're right, you're, you're right in calling him that. 
And, and there's no identity crisis with Jesus. He knows who he is. All right, just, just want to be clear about that. And that you know that too. All right, and uh, he goes on and says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Does anybody here think they're greater than Jesus? No? Okay, if so, please take your pills. And I looked around. I don't think I saw anybody raise their hand, so that's good. We're doing okay so far. All right. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Wow. Another word for blessed, if you're literally translate that to English, from Greek to English, would be happy. You'll be happy if you do these things. You know, wait, no, wait let me see that. What, what did that say again? You will be blessed if you preach about these things? No, no. Well, you'll be blessed if you... If you lead a discussion about these things? No. You'll be blessed if, if, you, uh, if you have a, oh, who knows. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say next. A conference? Yeah, super conference? Yeah. I don't know. No, no. It, it, it's not think about it. It's not talk about it. It's not teach about it. You'll be blessed if you do these things. Yeah, if you do what Jesus did. You will be happy. You'll be happy if you practice or do these things. Yes, that is what it says. And, and when Jesus says, come serve with, serve with me, he's talking about washing dirty feet. That's what he's talking about. Now, I've seen my feet. And because we're such a sandal-loving town here in Asheville, I've seen a lot of your feet. And I never would have thought that the path to happiness would have been found cleaning and picking between your toes. <laughs> never would have thought it. But that's what Jesus is talking is, is that what Jesus is talking about? Are, are we all supposed to sit around and pick each other's toes? Is that what Jesus wants us to do? I don't, I, where do we start with this? And I think where we start is saying, Lord, you're my teacher and you are my Lord. So show me. Show me how... What are these dirty feet? Where are these dirty feet? And how am I supposed to wash them? Show me, Lord. And I think if we start there, I think he's going to tell us. I think you'll start seeing feet everywhere you go. And not just any feet, you'll find dirty feet. Now, here's the deal. I want us today to get excited about washing dirty feet. Now, that might be kind of hard, uh, getting excited about that. And not a lot of people you know, write happy songs about, you know, washing feet, you know, you know, don't stop washing feet, hold on to that foot, praise God, my hands smell like feet. I like Journey, so, but <clears throat> you can make up your own happy song, you know, I mean, first day of washing feet. Jesus gave to me a great wad of toe jam. I mean, you can come up with your own happy song, but there are not many out there, so you'd have to write them yourself. And, and really, there's not many people preaching or talking about this message. I, your Lord and teacher, have done this, so you should do it too. Not many people preaching or talking about this. It's interesting. Now, what in the world did Jesus mean by this? Well, I believe that there's something he wants us to know, and there's something he wants us to do. 
And, and let me tell you what I think is not going on. What's not going on here is I don't believe that Jesus is setting up a Sunday night service where we turn down the lights and light the candles and get out some bowls and basins and, and wash each other's feet. And, and now, it, I've, I've been a part of those things and I got friends who do that. And, uh, you know, a foot washing service is a beautiful thing when people take on the attitude of Christ. And it can be a really a relationship changer when you participate in something like that. So if you haven't done something like that, I encourage you to be a part of something like that because it's beautiful. So I'm not knocking it. But I'm just saying I don't believe that that's what Jesus is trying to set up here when he's doing this example of washing our feet. And, uh, and, and I'm not convinced of this for one reason. And the reason is this. It's a little too clean. It's a little too clean. I, I don't know about you, but, but if I said, hey, tonight, folks, we're doing a foot washing service over at the prayer gallery, 34 South Lexington, show up there tonight at 7 o'clock. How many of you, even though you had many things to do on your to-do list today, there'd be one thing that you'd do before you came to that foot washing service? What would that be? That's right. You'd wash those puppies, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's crazy. We would do that. But why wash something that's already clean? I mean, when you clean your dirty dishes at home, you don't also go and grab all the clean ones that are up in the cupboard that you didn't use, do you? I mean, that'd be crazy, right? We wash what's dirty. That's, that's what this is about, washing dirty things. So what is Jesus talking about? I mean, that's the ex- explanation he gave to Peter, right? Peter said, well, you know, how about the whole, whole of me? And, and, Peter, and Jesus said, no, 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 that's already clean. Don't need to worry about that, right? We're talking about dirty stuff. And so what, what is Jesus talking about? Well, foot washing, here's what I think. Foot washing is work. It's not play. And it's not just any kind of work, but it's low-down, dirty slave work. It's low-down, dirty slave work, L-D-D-S. And, and I want to, you can text that to your friends right now. Uh, we're talking about LDDS. Um, if you were a slave back in those days and you had any seniority in the house, you would pass this job off to the guy that was under you because you would not want to wash, this, wash anyone's feet as guests were coming into the house. That was just a, not a job that anybody liked to do. I mean, nobody was proud about this. Nobody went around saying, guess what I did tonight? Wash feet. I mean, dads didn't go around saying real proud of my son. He's become a foot washer. You know, that wasn't the deal. This was low guy on the totem pole kind of work. This was slave stuff. I mean, the paid servants, if they were paid servants, they would get the slave who wasn't paid. And they say, you're underneath me. You're doing this. You do what I tell you to do. It was that kind of thing. It was done by the so-called little people. Well, here comes the Last Supper in John 13. And there's one little thing that the Apostle John doesn't mention in his version of the gospel that Luke reveals to all. And it's that there was an argument that occurred at this little Passover feast. And there was an argument that occurred about what? Do you remember? Who was the greatest Who was the greatest among them? And, you know, and I have a hard time imagining these guys talking about, well, I'm the greatest. But I think rather probably what happened was there was an argument about who was least. And and I imagine that's probably what was going on because they made arrangements for this Passover gathering, for this dinner, and, and they all walk in. But somebody forgot to arrange to have a servant 
or a slave to be there and wash their dirty feet. And usually, you know, they'd relegate that to some, you know, dirty Gentile who didn't care about Passover stuff and so wasn't going to participate in eating the food. You know, they just had their fingers between people's toes. So, uh, but they, they forgot to do that. And, and so there's uh, argument comes out. And, uh, and I can kind of imagine how this argument goes, you know. Uh, you know, you can imagine when they sit down at this uh, table. And again, they didn't sit in chairs. When they went to eat at a table, they reclined. So they kind of laid on their side. And so people kind of had their feet, like I'd be laying on my side and then somebody else would be laying right here and their feet would be right behind me here. So if I would turn to ask for the bread, uh, someone's foot was right there and I just might gag if it wasn't clean. And, and, you know, and then somebody down here, I'm reaching to grab the salt and my foot hits the robe and they're saying, dude, you got something on my robe. Gross. You know, so that kind of stuff was going on. And finally, I, I, I think Peter probably stepped up and he probably said, you know, I've had enough of this. So I said, Andrew, my younger brother, little brother, go get a basin and I want you to wash feet. And I can, I can just hear Andrew, you know, say, well, big brother, if you want it done, go do it yourself. You know, that'd be a brother type response. And then, and then I'm sure somebody said, well, how about you, Philip? Well, hey, that's, that's not my ministry, guys. And then somebody points to John. And, you know, John's like, well, my beloved, I'm leaning on the master's breast. Can't bother with that now. Sorry. You know, and you can, you can hear how maybe this, this, this little argument got going. And so the problem is, is that there's no little people in the room. Everybody's too big to do this low down, dirty slave work. And guess what? Watch, watch what Jesus, watch what he knows here. Watch what he knows. Says that he knew that he came from the Father. That he knew that he was going back to the Father. He knew, and so he could do this. You know what? Knowing all this, Jesus then, he, he takes off his garment, outer garments. He wraps a towel around himself picks up a basin, and he starts washing each of their feet. He even washes, washes Judas's feet, who he knows is going to betray him. And, and he goes along and does this, and he looks at him, and he says, you call me master? You call me master? Look, being a foot washer doesn't mean that you take on the mindset of a doormat and let people walk all over you. On the contrary, Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew that all authority under heaven had been given to him, that he was Lord of all the nations, all power. And yet he took on this role of a low-down, dirty slave. And he says, I, your master, do this. You do it too. You know, do you know who you are? Do you know that you are sons and daughters of the the greatest, most powerful king in the universe? Do you know that you are heirs to an everlasting kingdom? Do you know that not only as a believer have you been given the Holy Spirit, but you've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ? Do you know that? Because it makes a difference with what you do. It can change things. If you know who you are and where you come from, You can have confidence and strength to do the things that the rest of the world thinks is beneath them. And you can have the courage to do them. And that's why Peter says, no, Lord, 
Don't do this. You are not the least of us. But you know what? Jesus was living out what he taught. We have a wonderful Savior. He's not sitting up on some little cushy pillow letting people pander to him. But he's taking off the robe. He's getting down with the dirty feet. And he's doing the low-down, dirty slave work. You know what? If you look back a little bit, there's a conversation that, that Jesus has with uh, James and John. And uh, they, in Mark 10, it's recorded where they ask him, Lord, hey, we were wondering, when you come into your kingdom, could we sit at your left and your right hand when that goes down? And, and Jesus is like, guys, you don't know what you're asking. This has already been you know, taken care of, arranged by my father, those places. And he kind of dismisses the question. Well, when the other 10 disciples hear about this, man, they get all in a huff. They're like, what? You asked him what? You, you think you're that great? And then one of these greatest, least little conversations and arguments went on. And then Jesus you know, blows the whistle and says, huddle up, guys. I got to tell you something. And here's, here's what he tells them. And, and, and it's a little secret. It's a secret about way of the kingdom and the way of the world. And, I, and, and, and get this. Listen to this. He says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. See, the heathen way, the world way, is to push people around, gain power, and use it to make people do what you want. But here's the kingdom way. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Get this, and here Jesus brings it down. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why did Jesus come? Did he come to be served? No. No. He came to serve and to give. Why did he come? He came to serve and to give. Remember that because that's very important. It's, it's, the picture, it's a picture of the kingdom. You know, and, and if you have trouble with those words, just think of this image. Think of a pyramid turned upside down. And you see, the, the bottom is the top, and the top is the bottom. And if you want to get to the top, you've got to go down. If you want to go up, you go down. And, and the first is last. Little is big. Least is the greatest. And the greatest leader of them all is the slave of everybody. That's the way it works in this kingdom. Do you want to be a part of that kingdom? It's an honest question. It's the way it works. Do you want to be a low-down, dirty slave? It's not a trick question. It's what the Lord wants of us. Really. You know what? And if, if you got called a low-down, dirty slave, an LDDS, wouldn't that be an honor? Be associated with Jesus in that way? Wouldn't that be better than any kind of other initials behind your, your name? Whether it's a PhD, THD, MA, MAR, whatever it is. LDDS. Low-down, dirty slave. I think it would be an honor. Well, if you want to be a foot washer, there's got to be some sort of internal change in attitude. And, and when that internal change in attitude happens, there's, there's something that goes on where you can start seeing the dirty feet everywhere. And even and if it happened right now, before you left here today, you would see dirty feet. You know, it's an attitude change that, that we see ourselves in a different way in relation to the people in the world around us that we see ourselves as the slaves of everyone. You go, well, that's really extreme, Shannon. I, I just don't know if I could do that. That's kind of out there. That's kind of radical. 
Well, listen to Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each one of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same of that as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but instead made himself nothing, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Did you catch the attitude there? You see, this is the very attitude of Christ. And that's what we're to take on. You know, if you and I are to be like Jesus in this respect, we're going to say, I did not come to be served. But I came to serve and to give. If we have the attitude like that, in this respect, that's what we'd say. So I, I'd like you to say that with me. Just, just repeat, repeat after me. I did not come to be served. I did not come to be served. But to serve and to give. Does that sound a little weird coming out of your mouth? Let's maybe say it again so it doesn't sound so weird. I did not come to be served. I did not come to be served. But to serve and to give. That's the words Jesus spoke. And when he's talking about this foot washing thing, being a foot washer, he's talking about taking on that same attitude. But I don't know about you, but I'm amazed at myself and how over and over again I, do, I live the opposite. I live the opposite. I'm, I'm living wanting to be served. And then I, I, I get all upset when I'm not served in the way that I'm, I expected. It's kind of sad. Two years ago, our family had a little revival, family revival in our kitchen. And then the family kitchen revival spread into the living room. And then the, the revival went from the living room to the, the bathroom. And you might wonder how a kitchen revival works. Well, I'll, I'll share with you here. Um, see, for 18 years up to that point, I had come down every morning and uh, there would be this table in the kitchen that was set beautifully. And there'd be, you know, juice drink and nice breakfast with fresh food there. And I'd come and sit down and eat it up. And before this little kitchen revival happened, here's what would happen. I would come down in the morning after everything was set. And, and again, that, that table just didn't magically appear, right? Something was going on beforehand. But I would show up after it was set up. And, and then my kids would show up. And, and so there was uh, my four kids, my wife and I, and we sat down at this table and we'd eat this wonderful meal. And then I would get up going, hey, it's time to start my day. And I'd walk off and, and I'd think, ah, oh, somebody will take care of those dirty dishes. Somebody ought to, but not his majesty. <laughs> and then son number one, son number one would, would dart out from the table and he would leave and, uh, you know, probably thought, ah, oh, someone ought to take care of those dirty dishes, but not... Not Prince Charming. No. And then daughter number one, she would escape from the table and leave and, and probably thinking, oh, someone should take care of those dishes. But not me. Your highness. Your ladyship. And that's what went on for a long time. About halfway through the school year, uh, a hard reality hit, came to our family. And we realized that we're, there were five people in our house that were being served and given to, but only one person in the house that was doing the serving and the giving. And so we had a little talk around that kitchen table, and we did some praying together, and we did some asking for forgiveness. 
and there was actually some repentance and some change. And there was a little revival that broke out in the kitchen. And from that point on, there was a change. And, and myself and the kids, we started picking up dishes, loading them in the dishwasher, rinsing them off, and helping clean up some of the pots and pans. And, and then all of a sudden, the, the revival kind of broke out into the living room, and, and we started helping fold the laundry that was there in those baskets that were just sitting there with all our clothes that were washed by somebody else. And then it started moving into the bathrooms where there were wet towels and globs of toothpaste laying on around. And, and all of a sudden, the toothpaste globs were wiped up and towels were picked up and hung up to dry. And, uh, and even one kid started cleaning toilets. Lord, help us. Wow. I know some of you wish that revival would break out in your kitchen too, don't you? Well, I know each of us probably got a room somewhere in our house that kind of reveals where revival needs to break out in that way. And I know that uh, some of you here are probably really good at singing a real spiritual song at church, being really into it. But when you go home, you just make an almighty mess. Just leave it for someone else to take care of. You know, somebody ought to clean that up, but not his majesty, not her ladyship. You know, some of us act like kings and queens in our homes. And we kind of get upset when food isn't served to us in a certain expected way. And, and maybe when a clean towel isn't there for us in the bathroom. And, and if someone then asks us to do one little thing, we, we get all bent out of shape. Unload the dishwasher. Put away the clean dishes. Me? Take out the garbage? Pick up the wet towels? you got to be kidding Kings and queens. Some of us don't have any testimony at home with family who don't believe. And we wonder why we don't. The reason is nobody can see anything but a bunch of kings and queens marching out of church into the homes. And that's a problem. So our words about Jesus don't have any weight with those people when we say and we talk about how, how Jesus is so great. You know, suppose everyone here, everyone here in this room went out and went back home, a low-down, dirty slave. I tell you what, somebody would notice in a 24-hour period. Somebody would notice. They would mention it. You know, the best thing that some of you students can do after you come home from a week of camp or, or uh, some sort of spiritual retreat and you're feeling all spiritual, best thing you can do, wash your own laundry. Maybe a revival would break out in the laundry room. These go there besides the qu- kitchen, you know. And maybe, maybe not just laundry rooms and kitchens and bathrooms, but maybe we need some revivals going on in restaurants. I don't know about you, but, but uh, there's been a few times when I've uh, been with my kids and, you know, my kids, they are very picky about what's on burgers and things like that and order gets messed up and trying to get it right. I remember one, one time walking up to the counter and saying something like, blah, 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 I want my money back. And just with that kind of attitude. And as I was walking out, Spirit of God hit me upside the head and said, way to go, Mr. Spirituality. Why don't you come back here tomorrow and try to share your faith with that guy? I bet he'll really want to listen to you. Oh, great. Here comes his majesty. Oh, please tell me, your lordship, what, what makes your life so great? Tell me the secret. Yeah. It's lost testimony. That's what it is. They don't want to hear it. They don't hear it because all I see is a bunch of kings and queens. 
And I wonder if one day all the people who work in the food service industry are going to rise up and stand in judgment against us. You, know, you talk about the least and the, and the last being first. I wonder if it's going to be a lot of people who work in the food service industry. They're going to be first. I wonder if, you know, that left hand and right hand are reserved for somebody like that. You know, you know sometimes we go into restaurants with big groups of us, big pile of people, and I take a straw and I, I blow the wrapper off across the room and I think, ah, oh, somebody ought to pick that up. But that's not my job. My job is just whipping them across the room. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, we make cool little food sculptures out of mashed potatoes and leave them there for somebody else to clean up. And, and then, you know, but I don't care about that because I'm working on this salt shaker, shaker trick. And, and I don't care who has to sweep it up because, you know, now I'm on to the next thing. I'm, I'm doing that little trick where you put the tip underneath a glass of water and, and when, you know, the waitress picks it up, it makes a mess. <laughs> And we all laugh, and we think it's kind of funny. But then when we leave, those people, they curse us. They curse us. You know, how many of you have ever worked in uh, food service before? Let me ask you, what is the worst day of the week to work in a restaurant? Sunday, Sunday that's right. Why Sunday? Because that's when all royalty comes in. <laughs> that's when the kings and queens come marching in. You know, quite a few years back, uh, when I was doing student ministry, um, I had a big group of kids, and we, we walked into this pizza place, and of course, we absolutely just took over, and, uh, but we had just heard this message, and uh, we were all real inspired by it, and uh, afterwards, just, you know, said to, mentioned to a few kids, hey, let's, let's do it. Let's, there's some dirty feet here on the table. Let's take care of it. And so... Uh, Kids started getting into it. They started stacking all the plates and the cups, picking up the trash off the floor, wiping up some of the tables. And then we all pitched in, tried to do a really, really nice tip. And I think the tip was probably even more than the actual bill. And as we, as we were leaving, I think I and one of the other uh, adults were the last to leave. And uh, the waitress discovered the tip. And so she came running up to us with tears in her eyes and just crying and saying, are you guys serious? Is this for real? And uh, yeah. And uh, then she goes on to talk about how this was going to meet a special need in her family with one of her children. And uh, so, of course, I went back and told all the students this, and they were just pumped. They were pumped, like, oh, man, that's cool. That's awesome. And, uh, and so another time, another place, you know, a gap of time went by and, and uh, with, the, with the students again. We, we rolled into a, to a place to eat right when it was closing time. Now, you know, I mean, that's a busboy's nightmare and a manager's dream. And, uh, and we came in, and, uh, and they let us in. And then they locked the door behind us. And we totally filled the place. And as we were uh, eating, of course, you know, waiters and waitresses, we could tell their, their faces weren't real happy about having to do this because manager was, you know, saying, hey, we got to make some money here. And, and uh, they weren't too sure about these, these rowdy kids. Well, without saying anything to any of these students, we finished eating. And all of a sudden, plates started stacking up. Trash started being picking up. They, they grabbed some washcloths, started wiping down the tables. And then they one went to uh, some of the waiters and waitresses, and they were kind of like, oh, man, thank you so much. This is so nice. Thank you for doing this. And they asked, some of the kids asked for a broom, and one of them found a vacuum, and they're out vacuuming the floors and cleaning things up and sweeping up. And, and then some of the kids started busting dishes back to the dishwasher in the kitchen. And, uh, and then the kids, you know, some of the kids were real excited, and they're like, can we dismantle the salad bar? And uh, um, <laughs> it's like, no, no, we got some procedures on that. That's okay. But, but the manager came out and he was just like, I have never seen anything like this before. 
which is a wonderful question and a sad question all at the same time. A sad statement. But uh, you know the word that describes that moment? It's glory. It was a glorious moment. The glory of God was right there in that restaurant. There was some testimony there. There was a door open to talk about the gospel and talk about our Lord. And it's because we serve like our Lord, like he told us to. You know, I wonder what would happen if everybody here started doing that restaurant after restaurant, group after group, place after place. I mean, just, just this group right here. What would happen? What kind of stories would start coming back? I tell you, there would, there would be stories if every one of us did it. You know, I, recently I, I talked to you about this idea of, of teaming up our gel groups and uh, forming these teams that, that own a Sunday and doing all the low-down, dirty slave work that happens every Sunday to make a Sunday happen. And, and I know that, that that's just little stuff. You know, if we started doing that kind of thing, we, we'd have it down easy in, in no time, in no time. But you know what? That's just the beginning. That's just the tip of the iceberg. What would happen if a team of, of 40 people on a Sunday morning, they decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something really fun. We're, we're going to go down to St. Joe and, and, and Mission Hospital campus, and we're going to go to the waiting room, and we're just going to bless a bunch of families that are in there in the waiting room. And we're bring some pizza and cookies and just feed them and, and uh, talk with them. And uh, we're not going to say where we're from or anything like that. We're just, we're just going to bless them. What, I mean, what would happen if something like, if something like that occurred? What would happen if, if some of these teams, we went out to all the, the Ingles and the Walmarts and the Targets, and we went and secretly got all the, those little grocery cart things, and we pushed them back up where they belong? What would happen if we did that? What, what would happen if uh, uh, we showed up at Asheville Greenworks, and instead of uh, on their cleanup day just five people showing up, there was 120 of us? And we had like two or three of our teams on Sunday mornings out there. What kind of impact would that make? What kind of stories would be created? You know, I just wonder what would happen, you know, if, if uh, a group of 40 people from Highland went down to ABCCM with, with Miles and Brittany. Instead of them being there by themselves, 40 people showed up. Bless a bunch of women and children, that, that children's shelter. I wonder what would happen if, if a group of, of that, one of those teams said on uh, one Sunday, you know what? I mean, I heard this message and, and what if, how about this? How about all of us go to India? And how about all of us go and sit and eat with lepers and outcasts? What kind of things would happen if we started doing things like this together as the body of Christ? I tell you what, some glorious moments would happen. That's what would be going on. Some glorious moments you know what? There's a lot we can do as the body of Christ together. A whole lot more than just setting up and tearing down on a Sunday morning. There's a world out there with a lot of dirty feet. And it's right out these doors. We're surrounded by dirty feet everywhere we go. And it's usually just the little things. It's just little things. And it, and it can start with right where you're at. It can start with, with those little goldfish crackers right underneath your chair this morning. It really could. You know what? But the deal is... Here's the deal, folks. If we can't do this in the little things, how do you think the Lord is going to give us anything bigger to do? You see, he who is faithful with the little is given more. And the reason some won't be given more 
is because they can't handle the little stuff. They can't handle the little stuff. So start where you are. Imitate Jesus. Don't just talk about it. Just don't talk about it. If you do these things, you will be blessed. Who would have thought a bunch of dirty feet is the path to being happy? Guys are going to come up here. They're going to lead us in some worship. And in during this time, Jesus, again, he said, I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. To serve and to give. What is the reason behind all this talk of dirt, dirty feet and serving? What is the reason? It's to point to Jesus Christ as Savior. The one who gives eternal life. It's to bring glory to his name, to make him famous. That's the point. I know that there's a lot of great groups out there that, that are probably very obedient to the scriptures, and they don't even claim Jesus as their Lord. They do a lot of dirty feet work, low-down dirty slave work. And the problem is, is, you know, it isn't connected to anything eternal. It's good stuff. It's not connected and in the name of Jesus. And I'd really love to just join some of those people that are already doing it out there and kind of bring along the name of Jesus and join them, sweat with them, work side by side. I'd like you to join me. And I think Jesus is asking the same thing of us, saying, come serve with me. Serve with me. Reason why? There's a lost world out there. And if, as a church, we're not impacting the lostness of the area that we live in, what are we here for? We're not making a difference in that, putting a dent in the lostness, changing that somehow. To imitate our Savior. He said, I am your Lord and teacher. You'll be blessed if you do these things. Lord Jesus, in the next few moments, we'll remember you as Savior and Lord. Lord, we want to imitate you. But Lord, there's just attitude change. It's got to, it's got to change in us, Lord. And you can only do that. There are things that, physical tasks that we want to do because we know that when we do them, it'll cause spiritual change in, in our church and in our city. But Lord, change has to start first with us, within us. And if you aren't residing within us, then those will just be empty physical acts. So Lord, in this moment, we remember but we also confess again that you are Lord and you are Savior. Not just of those people out there, but of us. When we come to you in our sinfulness, know that you forgive us. And we know that it's by faith in what you did at the cross. We love you, Lord Jesus.